What's up, everybody? It's LG Doucette here. Today is Monday, August 23rd, 2021. This is the First Minute uh, podcast where I talk about marketplace trends, big sales, and everything going on in NBA Top Shot. I am away on vacation right now. That's right. LG takes some vacations occasionally, and he's away this week. He's probably checking his Twitter, though, all the time, so you can still shoot him some DMs and stuff. Anyways, what you're going to hear through this week and through next week, because yeah, I'm away for more than a week. I know, crazy. You're going to hear some archived podcast, some stuff that I recorded just last week or the week before with different members of the community to kind of touch on some different aspects of Top Shot. We're kind of in the off season, or maybe by the time you're listening to this, there'll be some really big, exciting news on Top Shot. Either way, I needed a little break, so we pre-recorded quite a few podcasts to keep the lights on and to keep you guys thinking about, uh, I don't know, your Top Shot strategies, keep you uh, fed, I guess, in a way. That's a weird way to put it. Anyways, today's show is with Brandon Swole from uh, Moment Ranks. He's a, he's the host of Shot Talking on Moment Ranks, as well as a really smart data guy on Top Shot. I've retweeted him a few times. He's got some really great, quick breaking analysis, and he's been tweeting a lot about the value of the sets from the finals, as in the ones from this year, the legendary set. And I wanted to have him on to ask him about what he thinks the long-term value of those sets is going to be, as well as what's the relevance between those and the ones from last year, because I've been kind of slowly collecting the rare set from last year, and I'm still not kind of on the fence about finishing it, and I wanted to get his opinion overall as to whether there are too many playoff moments in general in Top Shot and what the road forward might look for. So have a listen to this awesome interview with Brandon. I want to remind everybody here that nothing in the show constitutes trading advice in any way and that this show is not affiliated with NBA Top Shot, the NBA, or Dapper Labs. I'm just a guy at his house on vacation who loves basketball and blockchain. This is The First Minute. Ladies and gentlemen of very special guest for you today, the host of Shot Talking from Moment Ranks, Brandon Soul? Soul. Soul. I thought it was Soul. It's okay. My it's a cool life. way to... It's a cool way to... Right, you, you people destroy my name, okay? <laughs> people, some people like... You don't even know, man. People can't pronounce Doucette. I get like Dowkit and stuff like that, so... You get a silent T in there, Doucet? <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty good. I like that. Ducette, I've heard as well. <laughs> Ducette. Like it's some kind of Italian name, but I like that. I like yours is like, it's like soul, but like, like spelt in a really cool way. Yeah. Thank so you. anyways, Brandon, welcome to the first Mint man. It's great to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, LG. Yeah, for sure. So let's, I always start with the origin story. You got to tell us before we talk about, we're going to talk about the final set. We're going to talk about, um, you know, how many people are completing them and if there's too many playoff moments, which they kind of are before any of that, tell me. How did you first discover Top Shot? Uh, well, I first had a friend who is actually a part of Shot Talking With Me named Seth, and I think that he mentioned it to me first in the very beginning of February. He had just signed up, and he was like, hey, check this out. He, kn- he knew I was a, I'm a huge NBA fan my whole life. Basketball, basketball is like passion of mine. Uh, and I was like, okay, seems cool. I don't really get it, whatever. A couple weeks go by. That's when some stories are coming out. I think Brian Windhorse of ESPN had a big story that dropped and that's when it really caught my attention. I was like, okay, this is kind of getting big. And, and my buddy Seth, he had mentioned it to me a couple of times since that first time he mentioned it to me too. He was like, dude, you got to check this out. So I finally went and checked it out and 
I was like, all right, I'm going to dabble a little bit. I think I deposited a hundred dollars and I bought a Jalen Brunson for $40 series oh. one. And oh. I think I, <laughs> I think I sold it the next day for $80. I was like, okay, I was like, okay well, <laughs> the this golden is fun. days, the golden era of top shot. <laughs> right. And so I was like, this is fun. And I think I bought a Malik Beasley for around the same price, flipped it for a double. And I was like, okay, I'm having a great time. And uh, honestly, since then, I'm so good at this. That's probably what you told yourself. You're like, I'm so good at trading NFTs. It just goes up. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, hold on. Was that the first time you'd heard of NFTs and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah, so this, I feel like I'm like a lot of people here. Um, Top Shot was my gateway drug into NFTs. And I'm still not like super into the whole NFT world, but I have, you know, gotten involved a little bit. Um, but honestly, I just don't have the time to really dive in head first to all the different projects and understand each and every one of their roadmaps and all that stuff. So I keep it primarily focused on uh, Top Shot, but I do like to check in the other ones every once in a while. Right. And were you like skeptical at all? I mean, because you're a big basketball fan, but did this immediately make sense to you? No, no. I think it's just like how most, uh, right? You're like, it's a highlight. I can watch this on YouTube. And then there's a sense that you get after you're in it for a couple of days. You spend some time on on the site, in the marketplace. You you buy a couple of things. You see them in your collection and you start to, you. I don't know. There's I still can't even explain it. It's like this weird you, you just like get it. A couple of days in, you're like, oh, I get it now. I get why this is cool. I'm still struggling to explain it. Maybe you can do it better than me. Maybe you've tried many of times. I, I really cannot do it. But it's, if you're a basketball fan, I think that to me, it feels like that I own a piece of the game, you know, a specific game. Like if it's a 50 point game, it's like, I, I feel like I have a little moment from that game, not just the highlight. It's from that game. And it, it helps that you have a unique serial number and all those little nuggets in the on the moment page. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I really struggle kind of explaining what makes it so great outside of just like, well, look at it. The product is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's, it's perfectly designed for what it's meant to be. Beyond that, that's, that's all I got for you. You kind of got to dive in yourself and for, to really understand it, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you have like a holy grail moment that you either have or you are hoping to have one day? Uh, anybody that follows me on Twitter knows my holy grail moment is the Kevin Durant run it back. I'm a huge yeah. Thunder fan. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a huge Thunder fan, and I have every single Thunder moment outside of that moment. I just I just don't have it, and I don't know that I will ever be able to have it. So it's a huge bummer. You know, my relationship with Kevin Durant is it's complicated, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that I don't want that moment. Wait, what do you mean it's complicated? Well, if anyone from Oklahoma City and uh, uh, any Thunder fan, you know, he left us. So we're we're still hurt. And I know it's ridiculous. It's been what, five years now? It's been five years. It's been a while. Yeah. But we're still a little. okay. you don't have to rub it in. We know it's been a while, (laughs) but we're, we're still a little heartbroken. But I mean, the, you know, I will say in your defense, like, obviously, in the last like decade, there's been a lot of, you know, stars leaving their, you know, the teams that drafted them in, in somewhat dramatic fashion. I do think the my next chapter was pretty bad. <laughs> like, that, yeah, that was pretty awful. Great for future memes, though. Oh, yeah, like an amazing <laughs> meme for sure. But, you know, as as a Raptors fan, we've had a few players like we had Chris Bosch leave, but uh, I don't know, even that wasn't like that wasn't really that dramatic. Um, 
And then Kawhi left, but Kawhi was only there for a year and it was like, yeah, what, you know, oh, well, we got it. We got it. We got a championship. So that was, you know, well worth it. But the my next chapter in the Players' Tribune, that's pretty bad. So bad. And like it, like for Thunder fans finding out that way, too, you know, it yeah. he went to the Warriors, the team, the Thunder were just up three one on in the playoffs in the Western Conference finals, blew the series. And then he went there and the way he revealed it, you know, nothing to. Thunder fans that you know we drafted him and he's he spent seven eight years here or whatever it was and it was just my next chapter I'm joining the team that I just lost to that that was that was a little annoying okay let's move on dude let's move on maybe one day you'll get that that <laughs> KD rib but let's let's move on to other stuff before we talk, talk about the actual final set what did you think of this year's finals I thought the finals were great I know it's Milwaukee Phoenix so like the names aren't exactly sexy but the the level of basketball was awesome and I think like the battle between Chris Paul a legend who had never been in the spot before and Giannis who was catching a lot of flack just over the last couple years back-to-back MVPs yeah but can he get it done like hey can he win a championship as the best player on the team he proved that legendary finals performance and uh I thought they were awesome let's talk about the set of the finals are you were you collecting it I scored a pack, so yeah, I, okay. I got one, I got a moment uh, from the pack. Don't have it anymore. Wish I did, though, but no, I, I don't have any of the moments. What was the moment that you got? Chris Middleton. Okay, okay. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Not bad. Well, let's talk, let's talk. You tweeted, like, you know, I want to have this conversation. It kind of sparked me when you tweeted the other day that the final set was actually up. And which, you know, for a while in Top Shot, as we've seen kind of the the slow, steady collapse of, of I guess, from the peak of the marketplace from February to, to through to the summer, the idea of challenges being EV plus um, became almost laughable for a while. But, you know, you kind of put me onto the idea that that is not the case for the finals. Honestly, it hasn't been the case for the past five challenges or so. There, most of the challenges of the last five have been at at least like even money and that's that's considering if you bought in all of the moments not even if you pulled one of the moments you know which is usually the ideal way to do a challenge but a lot of this is coinciding with the market upticking and i i think it a little bit of the fandom uh tier announcement that kind of sparked this and series two coming to a close and all that and i and you just kind of don't hear you hear a lot less about plus EV challenges. They don't make the news, right? P- what makes the news is people complaining when they lose a bunch of money. So, <laughs> the, it, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the Bucks challenge, for instance, everyone knew what the challenge was going to be when the when the pack drop happened. And if you remember when that legendary pack dropped, there was a lot of fud. There was a lot of people saying, "I don't even want to spend eight hundred dollars on this pack." And I'm thinking to myself, "I'm like, it's a legendary pack. I will gladly spend eight hundred dollars." Fine, on don't it. get in line. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, that's fine, no problem. Day, day one, and, and you know what? You knew what the challenges were going to be. It was going to be Bucks. One of the challenges. One of them was going to be the Suns. Day day one, the Giannis is going for about thirty three, thirty four hundred dollars. Day two, about thirty eight, thirty nine hundred dollars. It stuck around there for a couple of days. Today, I think the lowest ask was six grand. That's post challenge. You you could have bought in the day before the challenge ended, and you could have flipped the whole the whole thing for three grand plus. I mean, it it's wild, and I I don't know what that says exactly, but to me, it you know some of these more expensive challenges they tend to be more often plus EV than common challenges, uh, but it it's it speaks to a, maybe a little bit of market stability. Uh, maybe a little bit of a healthy market. 
I don't know that for sure. It's dangerous to even say that because you never know, but you know how quickly things can change. But uh, when, when you look at the recent MGLE challenges, for instance, like those moments are barely dipping post challenge. Sellers aren't, you know, panic selling. They're not like, I got to recoup my funds and get ready for the next thing. It's not happening. I don't, I don't know if it's the, the series two coming to a close or a healthy market or a combination of all of those things, but it, it's super interesting. Do you think that it could be smarter buyer behavior as well? Yeah. Well, yes, but I also don't, I don't know what that necessarily has to do with someone selling their moments after they complete a challenge at a ridiculously low point, you know, cause that doesn't really have anything to do with the buyer. That just has something to do with the sellers. With the but seller. I, don't, I guess, yeah, sorry. I guess buyer seller, let's say. Okay. Um, Yes. I mean, I think so, but maybe they're more confident in, in the market today and where it stands right now. And they don't feel the need to offload these moments and maybe they are not. And that's kind of why I brought in the closing a series two, maybe being a factor. Cause maybe they're like, well, there's not really anything to look forward to right now. We're kind of in this dead zone. And so I'm not in a rush to sell these things. I, th- I think that that could be a little bit of the case here. And maybe yeah, the moments yeah. are just better. Maybe they're, maybe the quality well, of the moments are just better. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. The metallic gold aside, I mean, it, you know, I wanted to focus today on the actual kind of like long-term value of those finals moments. And we can also, I'd actually love to get your take too on the on the conference finals moments from, and then there were four that, you know, are these moments also retaining value simply because they are more important, right? Because it is in the NBA, it's like, you know, either you're winning a ring or you're not, right? Like it's, it's, it's very much a black and white deal where it's like quality, getting to the finals is a big deal, but then also win, winning a championship is a big, is a big deal. And, you know, I kind of have a, a small thesis that it's like over time, you're really going to see only a handful of moments from each season actually matter. And that since these are final, like the alley-oop to Giannis is like, that's an, that's an iconic moment forever, right? The block, iconic. Yeah. And the block. Yeah, and the block. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of think that as we're going, we're starting to see a lot more, as Top Shot's growing, we're starting to see a lot more team collecting, right? We're starting to see people collect their favorite teams. And I think when you look at these final sets in particular, I mean, these are 120 mint. And the lowest mint of the whole set is, uh, what is it? It's Chris Paul, and I want to say, I think it's Chris Paul, and I think he's 66, somewhere around there. So that means only 66 total people can ever own this whole set. And you got to think that that's mostly going to be probably a Bucks, Bucks fans, right, going forward. That's what I would assume, at least, because this is something to remember for them going forward, that they can always look back and say, only 66 people can have, the, can have all these, and I'm one of them. You know, that, that's really cool. So that's, that's where that value holds up, I think, going forward, outside of kind of how you mentioned the Giannis the two Giannis moments being legendary, which one of them's a Drew Holiday moment technically, but it is, yeah, well, yeah, well, um, yeah, right, but yeah, so I I think that that that's super interesting, and I th- I think that it goes with the conference finals rare set as well. Um, I actually thought Top Shot did a great job with that. I thought I thought the quality moments were really good. Um, for the most part, I mean, Patrick Beverly had like a conference finals moment. Reggie Jackson, those are going to be hard to ever find buyers outside of fans of those teams especially with the mint counts being at 750. But as Top Shot grows, you know, and the highlights are actually cool, you know, there's more than 750 Clippers fans in the world. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. How do you see 
kind of like the final sets growing year over year? Because I'll, I'll give you my experience first before you answer that, actually, because, um, you know, I got in Top Shot like just under a year ago. So I was, I was very fortunate to discover it early. Um, and that was around the time the playoffs were starting, right? Because the playoffs were late, weird time last year. And when we got to the finals uh, and to the drops, it was like, okay, there's going to be a legendary and a rare drop for these. Which at the time, even back then with so few people, was kind of upsetting. People are like, well, is that really necessary to have that many? And the legendary drop sold out super fast, obviously. But the rare drop took like like a day to sell out, right? And they were 750 each, but there were so many of them, right? And there'd just been this legendary drop. And the reward was Jimmy Butler because it was like, you know, the reward for the legendary drop was um, KCP. And then the one for the rare drop was like from the other team was Jimmy Butler. And now I'm wondering, I'm like, okay, so there's two sets from last year. This year, there's one legendary set and then there's the full playoff set, right? Which is significantly more common, but in a sense, far more accessible than a rare set. Going forward, how would you balance that out? I don't know that I'd do it too much differently than how they did it this year. Outside of, you know, I I hold the opinion that, as many do, and I think you kind of mentioned it, touched on it earlier, how there's probably a little too many common playoff moments. Um, but I do kind of see what they're trying to do. I think that they're really trying to tell the story of the playoffs. They want to capture every storyline possible of the playoffs in the moments. Uh, but I don't really think it's necessary for Kendrick Nunn to have a moment these playoffs when they got swept 4-0 in the playoffs. You know, like I've made the joke many times before. I'm like, I don't even know if his family wants him to have that moment. Like, <laughs> d- d- if Cruel, they, but true. It, you know, like so it's just one of those things. Like I don't, I don't even see a Heat fan really wanting that moment. But outside <laughs> of that, outside of that. I, th- I think that they did a pretty good job. I mean, I, I think that's really interesting. I was going to ask you, they did the rare drop last year after the legendary drop? Um, yes. Wow. And yeah, I can see. I how, missed how... out back then. Hold on. Listen, back then, there was no queue or anything. It was like literally the clock strikes 12. Everybody hits buy now. And it's just, it's pure chaos. Um, and if you don't, if you're not refreshing fast enough or the wheel just spins, you're screwed. So I was pissed off about the legendary drop for the finals last year. I didn't get one. And, but then like a week after it was like, all right, here's the rare one. And then I just went nuts. Cause you could buy a bunch. I bought like 15 packs, which I know is, is unfathomable now for people that are in it now. I, I get it. And I sold most of them and I just wanted to complete the set. But what I'm saying is that, that, that at least was, it was almost like the consolation prize for me to then have a separate set from the finals that had its own artwork and was really cool. And I've since been kind of working to, um, I originally had completed that set and did the challenge and I sold them all off at some point. And I've been slowly working my way back to complete it. Um, like I've got the big pieces, like I've got, I've got the LeBron, the AD and the Jimmy, and I'm just kind of, I'm trying to muster up the courage to buy like a $200 Kelly Olenek moment from the finals. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, it'd be nice to have the complete set, but I got, I want to spend 200 bucks on Olenek, 200 bucks on Dragic. Like, just, I don't know about that part. So, but I'm saying in terms of the collector experience when they came out, it was like, okay, it was good. Cause I was like, okay, I can, I can still buy this other kind of less important pack, but it's still fun. Right. Um, Yeah. And I think that that's really interesting because I think that you know 
they made it accessible, which, you know, this is a year ago, so Top Shot's a whole different world, but they made it accessible to more collectors that, like, if you put that in today, or you look at today, right? Everyone can't go buy buy these legendary moments. That's just not, that's not going to happen, you know? And, and they only had, what, four? Was there four common finals moments, I think? I think there were four. There were only four. Plus and two needed, challenge rewards. Yeah, and then you needed all the players for all the moments from that team to do. So the I think one thing they could have done is maybe scrap some from the first round and put those in the finals because th- there are going to be a lot of NBA fans out there that would they watch the finals, they watch every game of the finals, even if their team isn't in it, and they would maybe like to collect some of those moments if if they're more accessible to them than obviously the legendary moments are going to be. But outside of that. I think I think this is a pretty good uh, pretty good direction. So you're a fan, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying because it's like, yeah, you're right. If you're a Miami Heat fan, like you don't really want to remember this year's playoffs where you got swept, but you might be down to pick up a Finals like Chris Paul moment for sure as as a basketball fan, right? right? If it's twenty bucks, because like there has to be something accessible for you there if you're a huge nba fan there has to be something you can go grab outside of just well the only thing i can maybe get is a pat Connaughton for six hundred dollars you know yeah and even that is steep so <laughs> yeah well I mean, yeah it is it is steep for sure um what do you think over time like you know and we're all it's going to take a long time for this to happen but w- often we talk about how Oh, just wait 10 years, you know, and this, maybe this moment will hold up or, or just wait, you know, series one or series two and 10 years from now, we're at series 10. This is going to be like this. What do you think, like in terms of this finals and the previous finals too, which, which for all we know is the last time LeBron will even be in the finals. It's very special from that standpoint. Uh, if that, if that claim holds up, um, how do these current moments from the final set, all these final sets, including the playoffs this year, how do those hold up over time? It's a great question, and I don't know that I'm going to have an answer to it. I mean, if we look back at Series 1, so we have two examples, right? So we have last year, like you said, LeBron in the finals. That's huge. It was in the bubble. That's never going to happen again, hopefully. Uh, I mean, it's the Lakers. That has that going for it. Even like Kendrick Nunn has a rookie finals moment, and it's, I think, like $2,800. You know, it's, it's Series 1. It has a lot going for it. And then we have this year which is also a unique situation. Giannis, Giannis with the legendary performance. And one thing that I think is interesting about this year's is, and I wrote an article and kind of detailed this, but the moment, the length of the moments themselves in this legendary final set, the average length is like 35 to 37 seconds on these moments. This has never been done in Top Shot. There are no moments that are even close to the length of these moments and i don't know if this is going to be something going forward not even like hollow icon you know no other legendary moments are like this i'm assuming that this is going to be maybe a finals thing going forward or maybe they'll slap it on some other legendary moments going forward i don't know but it's it's tough to say it's really tough to say i think i think the value it's going to be it's going to be how it lies in the bucks fans and maybe the Suns fans a little bit, but mostly Bucks fans, the winners of the finals. I don't, I don't think that they're, you know, outside of Giannis and maybe that Drew Holiday legendary play, it's just not going to be sought after from, you know, let's say a, a, a Spurs well, here's, fan. Here's a, here's a question for you, actually. Now we're talking about the losing teams in the finals. As an OKC fan, 
How interested would you be in moments from, uh, was it 2012, losing to the Heat, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's it's painful, but it's also great because you went to the sure. finals, right? Yeah. Going to the finals is still fun. But, you know, how, you know, now 10 years on, how interested would you actually be in collecting a moment like that? Uh, I would be. I would be interested um, because, you know, especially if it's like, it's it's the only time they went to the final. So I would be, I think I would love to collect that. Yeah, I would always have that losing attached to it. Um, I think that it may be a different scenario where it might not be like that as if you went three years in a row and lost every single one of them, you know, or something like that. But I think most of the time fans would want to remember, hey, we went to the finals because that is an achievement in itself. Um, and if you finish runner up in the NBA, it's okay. But there is a little bit of like, you can see it <laughs> in it the, the other rounds. Is it though? Is it? You can see in the rounds leading up, though, you know, the losers don't get a lot of love. They don't get a lot of love on Top Shot. No, they don't. Okay, I got a question for you. You you know, you seem to I like the way you kind of like look at and understand the market when you're looking at Top Shot as like a financial trading collectible ecosystem. Like, what do you see? And I mean that as though like, you know, in the Matrix, when like Neo finally sees like all the numbers going by and stuff like that, like when you look at the marketplace, what do you what do you see? Oh, that is such a loaded question, I feel like, and it's so difficult to answer. Uh, I mean, it's a very reactionary market. Um, it's a very loud market. It's very in-your-face. Um, it The drop of tiny bit of news can change everything. Uh, and I think it's still developing, now, as we were kind of talking about earlier, and just how it's changed over the last couple of weeks in a, in a good, healthy way is a great sign for it going forward. Um, and I think that there's some maturation that we're seeing occur throughout the collectors on the platform and, and how they're treating everything and how they're buying and the reasons they're buying and the reasons they're selling and, and all that stuff. But I don't, I, outside of that, I just don't know that I have a definitive way to answer that question. That's really hard. I mean, I'd be interested in your take on that. I see. Hmm. Yeah, that is, I guess, I guess I never really have to answer my own question. So it's pretty hard. <laughs> I'm flipping um, this around on you. You know, that's fine, man. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take, I'll take what you're, you're, you're sending back. Um, when I look at the marketplace, I see, and this is, this might be really like cheesy answer, but it's like, I see the answers to questions we've never been able to answer in the way that like, we can finally have a market quantify what they think matters most in the NBA. And even from the start, when people started coming into Top Shot in droves and people were like, why isn't Nikola Jokic going for more? And I was like, he's just not popular enough, dude. Like it's just doesn't work that way. Like it's not just about skill. It's about popularity and everything that makes the NBA special is kind of revolves around that, that it's not just the best player that matters. It's, it's also just the, the feel and the story. And when I look in the marketplace, that's kind of what I see. And now we have just an insane amount of moments. So it's kind of hard to see that sometimes, but, um, and that's kind of why even just like, you know, from an emotional standpoint for the finals moments, that's what I'm curious about is like over time, like, will it matter that Chris Paul is in the finals if he didn't win and that that, the market will tell us over time. And same thing for someone like Jimmy Butler, who still has some good years left in his prime, but 
you know, will it matter that much if he never makes it back to the finals that he did make it once and lost to LeBron? I don't know. Yeah, it, I think that's exactly right because I can see it both ways. Like for Chris Paul, as an example, you know, you could look back and let's say seven years after he's retired and you could say that's the only time he made the finals, I want that moment. Or you could say that's the only time he made the finals and he lost and wow, he'd never made it even close again. And he never even made it to the conference finals again. He's not as big of a legend as kind of everyone thought he was going to be. But the market is going to tell us what the what the popular opinion there is. I guess like a, here's a question for you is like is like how many people have a favorite player of all time who's never won a ring? Uh I that's probably in terms of players that are retired, not players that are active. Right. That's true. So that's I don't mean point. like Carmelo or anything like that. I mean I mean like who like how many people I guess someone like like Patrick Ewing, right? Or or Charles Barkley, right? Like guy or Anybody that Michael Jordan destroyed their careers. In the right. Finals. Yeah. Anybody in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much anybody. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? It's just like, okay, how many, how many, you know, how much does it cement you into the eons of basketball if you just never could get it done, no matter who you're facing in terms of generational talent? Well, especially with, I just think like the way it is, the way social media looks at the NBA today, you know, and maybe across all sports. It's just like, if you don't win, you're a loser type thing. Like it's (laughs) it's like all or nothing and it's not the right way to look at it at all. It's very unfair, but it's the way it is. So yeah, it's probably about half and half because like, you know, you mentioned the Knicks and the Knicks never win. So it's, it's just like, there's gotta be a lot of Knicks fans. that's favorite player is Patrick Ewing, John Starks or, Alan yeah. Houston or Carmelo Anthony point. or whatever, but totally tell me dude about, um, your work at moment ranks and what you guys are up to these days. Uh, so we're really just hitting it hard with shot talking, which we do a live stream and that's the name of the show. And it's on Wednesday nights on Twitch. And we're about to expand and do Monday and Wednesdays as well. We're going to dive into some other NFTs on Fridays. I said Monday and Wednesday. So we're going to do Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Friday is going to be like a little, other nft heavy and monday we're going to kind of look ahead to the week of top shot and what's ahead and they're going to be much more relaxed and wednesday is kind of like the big show and outside of that i do a little writing for moment ranks and um we're just kind of growing and trying to help those guys that that are doing the real work behind the scenes will and danny and jamal and guys that no one ever sees that make make moment ranks go um we're just trying to help them out and and build the site and make it as good as it can be nice very cool and tell me maybe you told me a little bit before we started recording but tell me about your experience in vegas <sighs> man vegas is awesome uh for summer league if you haven't been if anyone listening to this has never been to summer league i can't recommend it enough it's like the way that i describe it is it's like a music festival but basketball it's like a basketball festival you know so you see a lot of stars uh ba- big basketball names just People wander in the hall, sit in courtside. It just has a great energy about it. Uh, it's just basketball morning to night. So in our experience, there was mostly work, very little play, but it was a blast. You know, we got to meet the Top Shot team and have conversations with them, pick their brains a little bit, hang out at that awesome booth that just kind of blew us away a little bit. I don't think any of us were really expecting that. And, uh, and yeah, and I'm honestly, I'm already kind of looking forward to next year. Mm. You know, I will say that like all the social media coverage and everything from the Vegas Summer League, I've actually I've actually been more 
it's actually just kind of made me more inclined to just go to summer league next year, regardless of top shot. Like it's not as much the top shot part. That's, that's seemed like it's given me FOMO. It's just actually being there. Yes. It's, it's great. It, it honestly is great. I can't stress that enough. It's if you're a basketball fan, it is some, it is something you absolutely have to do. Mm-hmm. And then tell me about what you did to Tyrese Halliburton. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so there was a little meet and greet with the, uh, with the collectors that won the trip to summer league and top shot was kind of enough to let moment ranks go covered that event. And it was at like a little gym, not at the arena or anything. They just rented out this court and we went over there and Halliburton was running a little late. He was going to come say hi and hang out. So we played some pickup games waiting for him. I think he was like an hour late. He walked in and everyone was like, he's finally here. And and Jacob was like, all right, I'm, I'm guessing he was on a time crunch too. And Jacob was like, all right, we got to get this game a knockout going. <laughs> he lined him up, said, Tyrese, you got to get in front. And I took the challenge. I was like, I'm going right behind him. I want to try to get him out. And this is the first game, first shot. And he, Jacob asked, where are we shooting from? Are we going free throws, three-pointer, what are we doing? And, and Halliburton said, we're shooting NBA threes. I, and I thought he was joking at first, and he was not joking. So he was like, we're shooting NBA threes. He shot it, missed it. I shot it, felt good off my hand, went in, crowd roared. It was great. It was a great time for everybody. But, you know, I got all the glory. It was a lot of fun, felt really good. Uh, but the very next game, someone else knocked him out too. And, and he, <laughs> that guy doesn't get any glory. <laughs> so, <laughs> but wow. Halliburton, man. Yeah. Brutal at knockout. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was struggling at first. I don't, you know, I don't know that if he won a game, I don't think he won a game. I think we played <laughs> three games and he didn't win any, any of them. Yeah. He can only play at the NBA level, but he's, <laughs> if he's playing like schoolyard games, he sucks. Like, <laughs> like that, that's the motto. It's just like, you expect him to destroy everybody, but no. I, I tried to make him feel. I gave him a chance to get me out the next game, and uh, and I think he got out before he could get me out. But I was talking to him, I was trying to make him feel better, and I said, "I think these rims are a little low, though, man. So it, you're good. You're good. I won't tell you." <laughs> I'm literally just where you're watching the video right now. And what's amazing too is that he gets his own rebound, and he kind of like throws this little floater up that does go up go in right after yeah so his yep. like recovery shot is actually kind of nice right um honestly the but, rebound yeah. he, he gets there i'm just amazed by like the length of him yeah i mean yeah. he just <laughs> casually grabs that it's yeah so his wild. arm just gumbies out of him like that and it's <laughs> yeah. just and then the transition into the other hand so fast to let it release is, is amazing but he was not fast enough I shot you. that ball so quick after he shot his, and he still almost made it. Bef- made his second shot. Yeah, before my yeah, that's amazing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good stuff, man. Um, okay, Brandon, we're at the end of the show, and you know what that means. It's time for Would You Rather. Okay. Would you rather you are gifted somehow the Kevin Durant run it back number one? Oh my god! Or there's a new run it back set, which apparently there is. And it's a Kevin Durant's rookie year, which I guess would be on the Sonics. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. That's true. It would be the Sonics. Uh, but still, get the number one Durant of that, but it's a common. And it's like one of 10,000. But it's the rookie Durant. Yeah, this one's easy for me. Give me the uh, uh, KD run it back that currently exists, number one. Currently exists. All right. Yeah, the, the debut. Okay. Okay. Yep. No Sonics KD for you. Easy. Uh, okay. Second question, would you rather OKC make the playoffs next year 
and give their first round opponent a solid run to seven games for losing in a heated seventh game. Or you win the top shot suite in the finals trip next year. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with me win the top shot suite next year because I worry about, I'm thinking big picture here. If the, if the, (laughs) if the thunder make the playoffs and they lose in the first round, you know, all they did is get a worse draft pick and they're not, they're not going to be great next year. They're not even going to be good. They're going to be bad. So if they overachieve that way, I I think it could do more good than, I mean, more bad than good. So I'm going to take the sweet experience. That's a once in a lifetime experience. I can, I'll see the thunder lose in the first round another year of my life. So yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the sweet. (laughs) You see them lose another year in your life. Well, hopefully they, they're better than that over time, man. Yes. Yes. Um, Especially with Shea and everything, man. Good. uh, You know, always got to rep the Canadian. Um, from our end, but yeah, I think I think you guys are in good hands with that. Hey, you know, Dort too, full of, right? We got yeah, a lot and of Dort and Dort, around. yeah, that's right, Dort from Montreal mm-hmm. with Lou Dort. So yeah, all the best to the Thunder in the future, man. Thank you, Brandon. It's been great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, LG. Had a great time. That is going to do it for us today, folks. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Brandon again for coming on the show. We'll be right back Wednesday on the first mint for another great episode with another very special guest from the community. So we'll see you next time on the first mint.